It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who are the breakout candidates for the Carolina Panthers in 2023? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me by Wednesday morning to have your questions answered on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. On today's episode, we are still very much in the middle of the offseason. OTAs is going on. I'm going to listen to a couple of Panther coaches later on on Wednesday. We'll talk about that on Thursday, but no media availability. On Tuesday, so got to come up with my own little content and what to provide with y'all today. So I was thinking, who are some of the breakout candidates for the Panthers in 2023? I want to look at third-year players, guys going into their third year, some guys that are going into their second year in the NFL, especially here in Carolina. Then I want to look at some older veteran players. Some of them are free agents. Some of them also are a player that's been here in Carolina for a couple years who I think could finally announce himself to the NFL, even though I feel like the league should have already been awake. But we'll talk about that. So three third-year players that could be breakout candidates, three second-year players that could be breakout candidates, and then three veterans that could be breakout candidates here in 2023. Let's start off with third-year players because they've been in the league for a couple years. Now you got a new coaching staff. You're thinking this is the time where they're really going to round into form. We saw that with Brian Burns become a pro bowler after in his third season. We saw last year Derek Brown, what he was able to do in his third year. It's year three where we see those guys, those players, step up and really become leaders and playmakers in the NFL. So that jump from year two to three is typically when it happens. Yes, there's a jump from one to two, but really that third year is when you're going to find out whether you have a dude or not. And this year especially for Terrace Marshall is so important that he reveals himself as a dude for the Carolina Panthers. This is a rebuilt wide receiver core. In comes Adam Thielen. In comes DJ Chark. In comes Demir Bird. Out goes DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, now chosen Anderson, and other players who just did not provide enough for the Carolina Panthers over the last couple of seasons, where the Panthers wide receiver core, aside from DJ Moore, has really left a lot to be desired. And Terrace Marshall is someone who, under Matt Rule, 
rarely got an opportunity. He was a healthy scratch. But once Steve Wilkes took over and they focused on being more of a running team, Terrace Marshall stepped up as that wide receiver too, led the NFL in yards um, per catch in the second half of the season, those last 12 weeks, and he showed the potential that we known he's had since coming out of LSU. The problem is he hasn't been healthy, hasn't performed well enough in practice and during training camp. And I remember last year, Matt Rule voicing his frustrations of Terrace Marshall not being able to be out of practice and be in a non contact in a non non contact uniform, not having to be in a red uniform. Just talk about hey, Terrace has got to be out here. If Terrace wants to play, he's got to be available and say what you will about Matt Rule. But that's true. The best ability is availability. If Terrace Marshall doesn't have that, then what does he provide to any team in the NFL? Nothing. But when he is available, he provides a lot as an outside wide receiver, someone who has that great frame and I think can be a red zone target, which the Panthers not, have not had in a while, and someone who also has speed. We're looking at DJ Chark as being that. Why can't Terrace Marshall be the other outside wide receiver on this team? And the pressure is on for him, especially knowing that it's his third year. It's time to really put up. And when you look at the Panthers just took Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall has got to go out there and earn this job and make sure that he can secure his future long-term in Carolina if he has a breakout year, and I think he can. We already saw what he looked like when a new offensive philosophy showed up last season, and even though it was the same play caller and Ben McAdoo, Steve Wilkes went in there and told him what they wanted to do, and yes, they wanted to run the ball more, but that didn't allow DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall to have, especially Terrace, to have more opportunities on the outside. So I look at what he did in those final 12 weeks of the season and I believe that Terrace Marshall, with Adam Thielen now here as a veteran in that room, can help him. With Sean Jefferson, an outstanding wide receiver coach, and just knowing what he was at LSU when he played with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and how healthy he was back in 2019 when they had that outstanding season and what he was doing earlier on. And even when he took over as the guy in 2020 before he had his injuries, Terrace Marshall has potential. And I'm ready to see that potential. And I think that we can see it this upcoming season here in Carolina. J.C. Horn, and I know this is going to kind of take people back and be like, J.C. Horn, like, what does he have to prove? Well, he only played in three games, really two and a half games his rookie year. Last year, missed some time. He's missed 18 out of the possible 34 games so far in his career. But when he plays, he's outstanding. I just think the problem is he hasn't played enough, and he's got to stay healthy. And I don't think the NFL world is quite aware of just how bad Big of a dude, J.C. Horn is. Like, we got a stud. We have one of the best corners in the league, in my opinion. First defensive player taken off the board back during the 2021 draft. The Panthers decided that they wanted him overtaking Mac Jones or Justin Fields. And at the time, there's much debate about what the Carolina Panthers should do with that pick. But we look back to the 2020 draft class prior to that at seven, and the debate was Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons. Looks like the Carolina Panthers made the right decision back then, even when it was Matt Rule and Marty Herney. Going back to 2021, Scott Fitterer, his first draft as the Panthers general manager and Rule still being here, we saw how things were being run that evening, all the trades backs, and even that one trade up the Carolina Panthers did that Friday evening in day two and in, in, in round two and round three. Scott Fitterer was running the show. And you have to think that Scott Fitter really wanted J.C. Horn. Of course, the coaching staff wanted J.C. Horn as well. But Scott comes from that scouting background. And when you look at the Richard Shermans and some of the other corners that they had in Seattle over the time that he's been there, that he was there rather, J.C. Horn fits that mold. And when J.C. Horn is out there playing, he can be just as good as Richard Sherman was for the Seattle Seahawks. And I believe healthy this year, J.C. Horn is a Pro Bowl player. 
in this new defensive scheme where the Panthers, I believe, are going to be a team right there in contention, like real contention, not like the division's complete crap and they're only in it because, well, someone's got to win it like last year, but truly a team that can have a winning record in late in December and early in January will be playing meaningful football games because they actually are a good football team under this new staff. And J.C. Horn will be leading the way for them defensively. So, yes, J.C. Horn, maybe he's already had his breakout, but has he announced himself to the rest of the NFL? I would say no. Now is the opportunity for him to do that in year three. Healthy, new staff, new scheme, new him. I'm excited to see what J.C. Horn can do this season. I think he absolutely is primed to announce himself to the rest of the National Football League, even if we already know how good of a player he is when he's out there on the field. Tommy Trimble, we heard it on Monday. Frank Reich talked about Titans having had success in this offense, but it's not just Frank Reich and what he said about the tight end position. It's what Thomas Brown, the OC here in Carolina, said last week about it's not just the number one tight end, but the number two and three guys, they can be factors in this offense as well. And Tommy Trimble has mainly been a blocking tight end. That's what he was at Notre Dame. But since he was drafted, we have seen that Trimble has the athleticism. Does he have the hands? I don't know. He has the athleticism to be more than just a guy who you're going to have there to run the football and to help pave the way. Tommy Trimble, I think, can be a solid number two pass-catching tight end option for the Carolina Panthers. And it's a very difficult position to come into the NFL and to play and to have success, especially when... In college, you weren't really that kind of player. So the expectations need to be adjusted from whatever they may have been in the past to believe that, okay, Trimble, he's not going to be like a Greg Olson because that's just not who he is. Maybe one day, but I don't think that's realistic. Can he be someone who can contribute 300, 400 yards receiving as a tight end potentially someday? Possibly. And in this new scheme where he will get opportunities, why can't Tommy Trimble do that? Ian Thomas, he's someone I talked about before, possibly in this new scheme, could get more opportunities. Yes, Hayden Hurst is out there, and it's important that with Hayden Hurst out with that sports hernia uh, surgery that he had and recovering, that Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas, some of these other guys, are able to reveal themselves as viable options as a number two tied in, and that they can be utilized within the offense. Because the last couple seasons, when Rule was here, whether it's Joe Brady or Jeff Nixon or Ben McAdoo, they just did not use the tight ends. And it was very obvious, too, on on the roster that the tight end position wasn't going to be able to make the kind of players that we had become accustomed to here in Carolina. So Tommy Trimble, I'm looking at him. Hey, year three, you're understanding what the style of play is now in the NFL. You're learning a new offense, but it's going to utilize you more and at least give you the opportunity. So Terrace Marshall, J.C. Horn, Tommy Trimble – All three of those players from the 2021 draft class, I think, have an opportunity to have breakout seasons, especially Terrace, as someone who hasn't gotten that big of much of an opportunity before. And in JC, it's all about, hey, NFL, look at me. I'm one of the best corners in this league. And then Tommy Trimble, it's just building off what he's done the last couple seasons, but really kind of taking more of a jump as a threat in the passing game in this offense. So there's three third-year players who are breakout candidates for the Carolina Panthers. Who are three second-year players that are breakout candidates heading into 2023? I'll tell you here in just a moment Unlocked on Panthers. But before I do that, make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet 
up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to place your bets on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Which second year Carolina Panthers are primed for a breakout in 2023? Well, good question, and I'll answer it right now for y'all. Let's start off with Iki Iquanu. Had an outstanding rookie year as a left tackle. Now, it, it wasn't a Rashawn Slater Pro Bowl season. It, it wasn't that, but Iki Iquanu... Wasn't a liability. You can name, what, two times all season long, Ricky Iquanu really hurt the Panthers. Week one against Miles Garrett, who, wow, you know, by the way, on a Hall of Fame track and one of the best defensive players in football, if not the best defensive player in football. So not really going to be upset with Icky that day one, he got his ass whooped by a player who's light years better than him. Not surprising at all. So outside of that, you go back to week 17, when Icky got beat bad, Sam Darnold fumbled, and that was the game there in Tampa. Outside of that, how many other times did Icky Aquanu hurt the Carolina Panthers and give up sacks and not play at a high level, especially compared to what we have become used to in Carolina, where there's been a verifiable turnstile at the left tackle position the last couple of seasons? That was not the case last year. He had his moments, but he's a rookie. He's going to have his moments. And the expectation, of course, is high that he's one day going to be your stalwart left tackle. And that with him and Taylor Moten, you can at least book in that for the next, when he came here, at least the next four or five seasons. That was the hope. And last year we saw that. And hopefully we can get a couple more years of both Moten at right tackle and Iki Aquanu at left tackle. But this is the year where I feel like, okay, Icky got a ton of reps last season. He's seen some of the best players in the NFL. He's taken his lumps. But overall, he held his own. He wasn't a liability, which that's all we really wanted was someone at left tackle who's not a liability. And Icky Aquano is not that at all. Like J.C. Horn, Carolina Panthers back in 2022 during the draft had their pick of the litter when it came to the top players in the NFL draft as offensive players. And they were able to get Icky Aquano there as an offensive player, and he's been really good for them. So I'm excited to see what Iki Aquanu can bring again this year in Carolina as a second-year player. And can he be a Pro Bowl kind of player for the Carolina Panthers? And it's not necessarily like they need him to be a Pro Bowler because I've talked about this offensive line. While they're all steady, it's not like any of them are all pros. And any of them are Pro Bowl players who you look at being like, man, that's one of the best players in the league. But Iki Aquanu certainly has that capability and with a team that has a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young who is a right-handed quarterback who you need to protect Iki Kwanu 
is going to have a big role to play. And when we look at Bryson, know that he has a slight frame and that we need him to stay healthy if the Panthers want to achieve their long-term goals. But especially, they want to achieve a goal of contending and winning the NFC South this upcoming season. So Ike Kwanu, he plays into that. And I think he's someone who, like J.C. Horn, can announce himself this year as one of those premier young players, especially on the offensive line at left tackle. Cade Mays, and I know this is one going to sound a little weird. Cade Mays, the, what, sixth-round pick out of Tennessee a year ago, their fifth or sixth-round pick out of Tennessee a year ago, played in the Arby's package as a supersize, and I do mean supersize, fullback. He's back here in Carolina with the opportunity to start the season as a starting right guard. And I say that he's a breakout candidate because if Cade Mays comes in and holds his own, then you may be questioned, do you really need Austin Corbett? Now, yes, you want Austin Corbett on the team, but the depth of the offensive line is so important, and it's why I've talked about it being the strongest position group on the roster for the Carolina Panthers. So if Cade Mays can come in and he can provide steady play and show that he, too, is also a really solid option for the Carolina Panthers as a I'm chart my my computer's not charging while I'm doing this guys so if you can see me uh moving around um as a st- as a solid option for the Panthers that is also something that you really need this year for Carolina to have Cade Mays come in be someone who can really help you out and start those games while Corbett is out and if he's able to play well then you're probably looking at your future thinking that okay we're gonna be okay we're gonna be set whenever Austin Corbett Go. So whenever we may lose Brady Christensen, if that is what happens, that Cade Mays can be a future player on the interior of the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. And that's something that this team absolutely needs. So I'm excited to see what Cade Mays can do for Carolina this upcoming season as that right guard. So I look at it as a breakout candidate because, well, he can come in, be a starter, and then maybe show that, okay, maybe he is the starter for the Carolina Panthers long term there at the right guard position. So we will see I with the whole restructuring of Austin Corbett's deal, something we talked to Mike K about from the Charlotte Observer that mm, wasn't really all. didn't make that a lot of sense to him. When you think about like you now have Zavala here, which is happening months after that. And you have Cade Mays, you have two guys who could play that position. So why go out there and give Corbett more money, especially when you know that going into the year, he's going to miss time with that knee injury that he suffered in week 18 uh, at New Orleans. I I don't know, but Cade Mays, I do look at as a, hey, a breakout can. When you look at second-year players, it's not like there's a ton of options out there, but Cade Mays is someone who's going to start and someone who could show that he has a future here in Carolina. So excited to see uh, how that all works out here for the Carolina Panthers with Cade Mays there starting at right guard. Uh, The last one, and this is a position group that, man, We need to see someone emerge. And the Panthers have the past two seasons, they've gone out and addressed it by getting, well, let's be honest, projects. This past year, they got DJ Johnson. Last season, they got Amari Barno. And Amari Barno, he has an opportunity. Year two, where you got Gross Matos battling. I don't know if DJ Johnson's really going to be a factor. Uh, You also have Marquise Haynes, who we know who he is at this point. This is a chance for Amari Barno, especially while Brian Burns is out. During OTA's mandatory minicamp, and we'll see whether Burns is really ready to go. Once we get down, the training camp wouldn't really be surprised if he's a guy who's on the pup list when things start off just so they can give him enough time to really be ready to go and be healthy um, during training camp and preseason. Uh, Amari Barno, go out there, man. Like, get, this is your chance to really 
take over and take control when they just got a guy in DJ Johnson who you can take your spot one day. And, you know, Gross Modest is his last chance to dance really here in Carolina. I look at Amari Barno as someone who has a ton of speed. We saw it at the Combine. If you watch him back at Virginia Tech, you saw it. And even in the preseason last year, I think especially the Washington game, that first preseason game, that he was out there making a couple plays and flashing. Now with Tim Lukabu, who's the new – uh, outside linebacker coach, we're going to hear from on Wednesday afternoon as he speaks to the media, and we'll talk more about that um, on tomorrow's show. I want to see Amari Barno step up, man. So there's not a ton of dudes out there that are second-year players that you can really point to as being those breakout candidates, but Icky is certainly one of them after having a strong rookie season. Take that next step, especially knowing that you're going to be the blind side for your franchise quarterback and Bryce Young, and then Cade Mays getting the opportunity to start at right guard. A chance for him really to show that he's the best option and long-term could be that right guard for the Panthers. Then Amari Barno, hey, man, go out there and do it because there's there's a job open and you're one who is a prime candidate to take it. So go out there and uh, go get that job, make that money down the road. So Aki Kwanu, Cade Mays, Amari Barno, those are three second-year players I'm looking at as being breakout candidates here in 2023. So we looked at third-year players. We looked at second-year players. What about some veterans that are here on the roster that have yet to have that breakout, who I believe can have that breakout here in 2023? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not every player in the NFL has that breakout year after their rookie year or after their second year. Some guys, it takes them a little bit longer to finally show who they are and that they are one of the better players in the league and that they can be an impact player for a franchise. And I want to look at three who I think can have breakout years and have really career years this upcoming season in Carolina. Let's start off with Hayden Hurst, whose best season of his career came back in 2020 when he was the Atlanta Falcons at 56 receptions, 571 yards, and six touchdowns in last year in Cincinnati, where he had another big year, 52 receptions for 414 yards in Cincy. Now, as I was telling you earlier, when talking about Tommy Trimble, someone who could emerge as that number two tight end, and Panthers really do need someone to, who can be a breakout candidate at that number two spot because they really haven't had a number one tight end until they brought in Hayden Hurst. So, yes, Trimble, Hurst, they're going to both be out there competing for the same reps and trying to get the same opportunities. But Hayden Hurst is brought in here to be that true pass-catching tight end for the Carolina Panthers. He can do a lot of the same things that Tommy Trimble does as far as run blocking, but he adds that other de- element that the Carolina Panthers haven't had over the last couple seasons at the tight end position. And he has shown that he can be a solid option as a tight end. Now, when I talk about the wide receivers here in Carolina with Thielen and then with Chark and with Terrace Marshall, Thielen's been a good player. He's an aging player. I still think he has a lot to give this upcoming season. Chark, who we're going to get to in a moment, has had big years in the past, but has struggled to stay healthy. Terrace Marshall, we've seen it for 12 weeks. We need to see it for a full 17-game season. There are still questions about the wide receivers, even though, as we talked to Vast I heard on Monday, the Panthers feel good about the wide receivers. 
I just really need to see it first before I really buy into the Panthers having a good situation there. Like, they don't need a great situation. They don't need to have top-end guys this year. They just need solid options. I do think they have solid options. And one of those solid options, as far as the receiving game, is Hayden Hurst. And because there's not that surefire number one wide receiver that you got to get the ball to on every offensive possession, Hayden Hurst is going to get those opportunities. And who's to say that Hayden Hurst can't end up having a breakout year where he's able to get to 60-plus receptions and have 700-plus receiving yards and maybe even have about six touchdowns, seven touchdowns again in what should be a more potent offense that is going to highlight the tight end position. I think that's the case. And the Carolina Panthers, in a very deep tight end class, where they weren't able, as far as as far as far free agent class goes, they weren't able to get Evan Ingram as the Jacksonville Jaguars went out there, slapped the tag on him, and I think... Don't remember whether they signed him long-term or not, but that wasn't an option. And Dalton Schultz was out there. Mike Kosicki was out there. Hayden Hurst was out there. Of those three options that were really available, they felt like Hayden Hurst was the best one for them. And they've seen what Hayden Hurst has done in the past, and they know he's an older player. He's at 29 right now, and he's getting up there in age, especially when you think about a guy who's only in about, what, his fifth or sixth year in the NFL, having you know played baseball, then going back to college, and then at South Carolina and being drafted in the first round. And as I mentioned earlier, tight end. There's that steep learning curve when you come from college to the NFL and be able to actually produce. And he's done it now as an older player, a veteran player, in a system that should maximize his talents and really want to get the ball to to him. Because it's not like he was a primary option last year in Cincinnati. Not when you have Jamar Chase. (laughs) Not when you have T. Higgins. Not when you have Tyler Boyd. Boyd. He's not going to be a primary option. But in Carolina... When it's Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, um, he's going to be a primary option. So I look at Hayden Hurst as being someone who is absolutely primed for a breakout this upcoming season in 2023. I brought up DJ Chark, and I'm not sitting here downplaying DJ Chark in order to elevate Hayden Hurst. Don't take it as that at, at, at all. DJ Chark has already shown that when he actually stays healthy, he could be a pro bowler. And the Panthers brought him in this year to be a Pro Bowl type of wide receiver, to be that X wide receiver on the backside who can beat you deep and that can also be a good route runner and an overall number one wide receiver. Like Adam Thielen, he's going to cook. He's going to do his thing in the slot. But they need some money outside. They need Terrace to step up, but they also need DJ Chark to go out there and do it. And that's why they brought him in here. And there's a reason why they identified him. And I'm sure Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach, who was instrumental in the Panthers drafting Jonathan Mingo 39th in the draft a couple weeks ago, I'm sure he also was having the conversations with this coaching staff and with the scouts being like, we need to bring this guy in. And this is someone who we feel like can help us. And Frank Reich, of course, is a part of that as well as the head coach of this team. And same thing with Scott Fitter as the general manager of this team. 1,000-yard receiving season. In 2019, his second year in the NFL, where we talk about second-year players, he was one of those guys who had a breakout year in Jacksonville. And in Detroit, went healthy, went out there, made some plays. And the hope is, you know, he still had that little procedure uh, this this offseason. The hope is that he's going to be ready to go, primed and ready, come into training camp, and can be that number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Whether he truly is the number one or you say pseudo number one, I don't care. DJ Chark is going to get the opportunity to be a guy for the Carolina Panthers that can make plays in this offense, and that's why they brought him here. So Hurst, Chark, Frankie Louvu, 
you can say last year was a breakout year for Frankie Louvu. First year as a full-time starter in the NFL. 111 tackles, 7 sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. That's a breakout year in my opinion. But like with J.C. Horn, to a lesser extent, how many people around the league understand just how good of a player Frankie Louvu was last season and can continue to develop into? I don't think that many people are aware. And it's really about awareness when we talk about breakout candidates. Like, are you aware of what this player is able to contribute and actually does contribute? Are you aware? Like, are they a household name? Like, it's a linebacker. So it's very difficult to be a linebacker and be a household name. You got to be one of the top five dudes in the league. Like, Luke Keekley was one of those. And I don't look at Frankie Louvu as being Luke Keekley, but man... He could have had me fooled at points last season where he was everywhere. Seemingly in on every single tackle, there was Frankie Louvu. Tasmanian Devil playing with his hair on fire, getting to the quarterback when they asked him to, getting in the backfield, making stops. He's someone who I am – we talk about J.C. – not J.C. Well, we do talk about J.C. Well, we talk about Jeremy Chin, what he's going to look like in this new scheme. What is Frankie Louvu going to look like? in this new scheme in Carolina. And he was very close to becoming the dude at linebacker had the Carolina Panthers not been able to agree to new terms with Shaq Thompson and keeping him here, which I felt like was a very important and necessary new move considering the depth there at linebacker and the options that were available for agency at linebacker. Frankie Louvu, this is a year where the Panthers, the defense that they play, and the way he played last year, I do think there are going to be eyes for people who actually pay attention closely to the league who are going to be looking at Frankie Luva as a player who is one of those X-factors on a Carolina Panthers defense. And the Panthers play as well defensively as I believe they will, and a lot of people out there believe they will. And Frankie Luva plays like he played last year and even adds to that. He's going to be someone people are talking about as, man, this guy, upcoming free agent, he is somebody that teams are going to be like, hey, you know what, Carolina, please don't keep him because we want to bring him on our roster that's the kind of player Frankie Louvu can be. It's a contract year, and those years are usually undefeated. And Frankie Louvu entering the contract year, a guy who came into Carolina, asked to be a special teams ace, did a fantastic job at, of doing that. But when he got his opportunities, made plays, came with the mentality of, I want to take somebody's job, and did it, and then balled. Yeah. I want to see more of that this year, and I want the rest of the league to know just how good of a player Frankie Louvu is becoming here in Carolina and in the National Football League. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, by Wednesday morning to get those questions in as I'm heading out of town for Memorial Day weekend. So get those questions in so I can answer them, and we can have the weekly Friday mailbag back here on the show but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all on thursday is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.